Street Photography Magazine podcast, episode number 66, Storytelling with Lauren Wells. Hello and welcome back to the Street Photography Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Bob Patterson, publisher of Street Photography Magazine. And before we get into the show, I want to let you know about our schedule, which will be a little different over the next month. Typically, we publish the podcast every other Friday. However, I'm leaving for New Zealand and Australia in a few days, and I'll be gone for about a month, which will interrupt our regular podcast routine just a bit. And for this reason, we're publishing two episodes back-to-back. We're doing this one today and another one about a week later. While I'm away, I won't be publishing any regular episodes, but I am going to try to do a few short episodes about some photography-related things that come to me while I'm there. You see, I'm going to be on a ship most of the time with very limited access to high-speed internet, which, of course, I need to upload large audio files and photos. Street Photography Magazine will be published on schedule, on March 15th. We always publish on the 15th of the month. Now for today's guest, it is New York street and documentary photographer Lauren Wells. If you're a regular listener to the podcast or a magazine subscriber, you've likely heard Lauren before. She's a former attorney, now a full-time photographer, who is passionate about her craft, and I mean really passionate. And on top of that, She's witty, articulate, intelligent, and a real fun person to talk to. I just had a very lively conversation with her recently about storytelling through photography that I want to share with you here. During our conversation, she told me about a Leica-sponsored workshop that she's holding in Seville, Spain in late May to early June, along with photojournalist John Crawl. And I'm sure it's going to be an excellent experience for everyone who attends. And Street Photography Magazine will publish some of the best images from the workshop attendees in our August issue, so be on the lookout for that. And in the meantime, sit back and relax and listen to my conversation with Lauren Wells about storytelling with photography. Today, Lauren Wells is back with us. Uh, She was on about a year ago, and she was a featured photographer several years ago with us. So uh, Lauren is going to be like, um, I don't know, who was always on the Johnny Carson show? Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers. No, we won't won't choose that one, but (laughs) things didn't end well for Joan. No, although I could break into that accent, (laughs) but I won't. I bet you could. Maybe I won't. All right, that'll be a rule. You'll have to do the... Do John Rivers' accent. Yeah, I grew up with a similar one, but we won't go there. (laughs) Although I just did. (laughs) All right. That's fine. That's fine. Well, anyway, Lauren is a, uh, she's a avid street photographer. She's a commercial photographer. She lives in New York, former attorney. Now she's uh, she's on the good side with the good guys, street (laughs) photographers. So, but so welcome. Welcome back. How you been? Thank you, Bob. I've been well. Happy New Year. A little delayed, but still new. Yeah, that's okay. That's right. You spent New Year's in Australia, didn't you? Well, I was home by then. I spent Christmas there. I was there for December and I did not want to come back, but uh, (laughs) 
it's summer there and it's gorgeous and it's winter here and it's cold and gray. Yeah, but now you have the spring coming, so. That's true. So it That's won't be true. for long. So anyway, Lauren is with us today to talk about storing storytelling. It's one of her specialties. And uh, I know I've said this before because she told me this years ago. And when you make photographs, fill the frame and tell a story. And that's stuck with me ever since. So as a result, I, I make lots of really busy photographs that don't tell any stories, but I'm still trying. I'm sure there's a story in there. Yeah, it's a backstory. So, Lauren, storytelling, what? Why is that? Why is that your thing? I guess, for lack of a better term. Well, I think it's all of our things. Um, it's all of our thing, in the sense that I I've noticed recently that's what we do. We tell stories. We tell stories in our head all day long, whether we're paying attention or not. Um, it's how we communicate. Uh, it's what life is about. It's what we long for. We long for something in the future that is makes us happy. And it's there's a story there or something in our past. Um, so it's sort of I, I started noticing that, especially when I got into photography and um, and how and there's an art to it. And I certainly haven't mastered it. But I've realized that there are certain elements that are important to it. And um, when you hear a story, what or when you read a story, what grabs you? What makes a good story? Um, and there are certain basic elements of you know, maintaining the, the, the viewer, the reader, keeping the interest, not giving away everything all at once. There's a rhythm, there's a cadence. Um, and when you do that visually, it's, uh, like when you said, fill the frame, tell a story. Like, I mean, that's what I love to do, but there are short stories that can be told in one frame. And then there are longer stories that have what uh, sequences and projects that require sequencing. And you can't just put your best pictures. Um, and so I like busy layered pictures, for example. But not all my pictures in a story can be of that ilk, so mm -hmm. to speak. Or else it's not interesting. Yeah. So it's kind of finding the rhythm, the intonation. Um, and I've been really fascinated by it. Um, whether it's, and I, I think I got it from writing actually. Uh, and I, I teach, I just started teaching photography uh, to high school students this year. And after I taught them the, um, the technical aspects. The next class was I put up a um, a paragraph, and, and um, something like John goes to the store. John buys a candy bar. John walks home. John opens the candy bar. John eats the candy bar. John goes to sleep. Um, 
And then the second paragraph was, John is hungry while digging in his pocket to see how much money he has. He realizes that there's a candy store down the street. Uh, And so without (laughs) boring you with these John stories, um, when you tell the same story, but you just change things up a little bit, it, it makes it makes anything more interesting. So that's how I introduced them to photography. So you're talking about changing the narrative, but the story stays the same? The story stays the same. The 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 subject, the the plot is the same, but how you move it forward, mm-hmm. how you tell it, um is you different sentences. It's like music. Uh it's like any art form. You can't do the same you can't do the same routine mm-hmm. every time to tell to tell a story or people just going to tune out because it gets habitual and it and they just tune out however interesting it may seem when it's repetitive it fades into the background so um so there's definitely an art there's a skill to it and um i'm trying to figure that out with every story i tell and I teach it to anyone who's interested. So do you follow the hero's journey framework? Um, that's a good question. Uh, sometimes, but I don't, well, it's actually not conscious. I learned that in, um, in my senior English class in high school, um, about the, we, I, the the hero's journey and, um, and all the books that we've read. So, well, you could look at it that way in terms of um, something happens and then there's a, I don't want to say a calamity, um, and then there's a uh, the arc of moving back up to redemption, so to speak. Um, uh, so... It's just, it's, it's breaking up the, um, it's telling the story in different ways throughout, um, or, or telling a different part of the story. So yes. So there's different, um, happenings, there's different beats, there's different emotions. That's probably the better word. You're taking the viewer on a journey. Now you're working on well, you've been working on one for quite a while, your stickball project, which I find fascinating. It's a it's a slice of life in your community that most people outside of it never never even realized existed. And you've taken what many photographs over the last few years, right? About the yes. stickball players. Many, many, leagues. many, many. How do you, I mean, when you do something over a period of time, how do you narrow things down and make the right choices? Do you get help from other people? Uh, yes and no. It depends on the time. And help is is fundamental um, because our eyes are biased. My eyes are biased. Uh, I've been doing this story for three years 
And I think when I told you about it last time, I told you that, for example, it was in color. It had to be in color because I wanted to modernize it. That was part of the story. The story was taking this pastime um, and bringing it into today's world that the thread from when it started in the 1930s till today and all the other stories that I had seen about it were in black and white. So I was adamant about that. And I showed it to a couple of people. And the last person I showed it to a friend of mine, who's an excellent editor. And he said, you're not going to like what I have to tell you, but I really think you should change it to black and white. And I had heard it before and I said, no, no, no. And he just hit the button on my computer. He didn't even, um, he didn't do anything. He just hit black and white mm-hmm. on Lightroom. And I said, oh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> but it took me three years to see it because I was bent on telling the story a certain way instead of allowing the story to be told. And that's part of the thing and the skill is allowing it to breathe and, and speak to you. Um and it may sound hokey, but it's true. It's like you got to let these characters. Like when someone writes a book, they talk about how the um, the characters come to life and kind of take on their own role and dictate to you who they should be. And that's you got to get out of your own way. And sometimes the only way you can do that is by showing it to other people. But um, you have to be ready to hear what they have to say and um, whether or not you accept their viewpoint. So, um, I showed this, these photos throughout the last three years. Um, and the story, I was so caught up in the literal stories of these people, which were so fascinating to me that that's what I was trying to show with the photos. And I realized, no, I just have to show the best photos, the photos that tell the story, which is what is what is the story the photos are telling me. Um, and there's ways to figure that out, but I don't want to get into all the details. So it's about community, and um, that's the central story. And all the other little stories, the personal stories that I know about each of these people in the photos, I may tell them or I may not. I may leave it up to the viewer. There may be captions. Uh, There will probably be captions. But um, it's like street photography in the sense of just presenting a photo to someone and letting them figure it out for themselves. But in that... um, I still need to have a rhythm and uh, I have to break up the pattern in the store, in the view, the visuals that I'm showing. So um, that's been, that's where I'm at right now. I'm down to editing and, and you ask, how do I choose? Um, It depends on what, what the, um, the end goal is. If I'm, Right now, I, I mean, I just um, I just showed them to someone who's looking to um, acquire prints. And so that's 
that's a different uh, presentation than if I'm showing it to someone in the hopes of uh, getting it published or if I want to do a book or an ex- an exhibition. They're all different. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to show them in a different way for each uh, each end goal. Um, and ha- so how I choose depends on what I want to do with them, but also it's distance. It's detaching, getting your, your emotions out of it. And it took me three years. Um, my friend, I showed him this work a year ago and I just showed it to him a few weeks ago and the photos were completely different, but they were photos I had taken some of them were the very first day that I (laughs) took photos and I had never, I just looked, overlooked them. I didn't see anything in them. And now they're some of my favorite photos. So you need distance. I have no emotion attached anymore because it's been a long time. It's three years since I took some of those photos. So I can see them a little more objectively. And I, I sometimes hit myself on the head and I say, I can't believe I missed that. What was I thinking? At least you didn't delete them. Oh, I never, I yeah. never, I delete the blurry ones. I delete the, the ones that are just horrible photos. Just that's a fact. But um, I don't delete the maybes. Yeah. Uh, I never do. So I don't know if that answered your question or not. Um, it does, and it brings up another question because you you said something very important a little while ago, and you said something about not being so literal. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. That's a problem I have, and a lot of people have. Is they're, they're too literal, and I wonder how, how do you get away from that? How do you put that aside and, and look more at the graphical elements in the scene? Or you have to be. You got to get out of your head, um, and I don't mean you. <laughs> no, everybody. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, I try to just feel, uh, what am I feeling? What do I want to feel? Um, once I start thinking, well, you might as well, then it's, you might as well write it if it's, if it's literal, um, no pun intended, um, you you have to let go and, and it take a risk. Uh, and it's not really a risk, especially when we're using digital cameras, but it's a risk to let go and just, and maybe fail. Um, and practice something. The students I have in this high school class, I ask them what, they find ugly what they what they dislike and then i ask them to photograph that um because it's breaking you're breaking yourself out of a pattern out of your comfort zone and you're forced to see something differently so it's just doing finding ways to um to look at things from a different perspective and sometimes that's as easy as working the scene 
So if you see something literally that you're attracted to, uh, there's, I don't know, a man and a woman having an argument and you take a photo of that. Um, and that can be just a record of something that happened without putting your stamp of creativity on it. But, um, okay. Is that mm -hmm. interesting? It may be to someone, but then if you were to work the scene, let's say they didn't see you or notice you and you went, you got up high, you got down low, you went behind them, you got them backlit, you got, you know, there's a, there's a, um, a sun flare coming between them or, or who knows. Mm -hmm. Um, you might all of a sudden see something in a way that you hadn't seen before. That's some of the things. I mean, there's a lot, but um, that's what comes to mind. That's the easiest thing I can describe. Yeah, so much of this whole thing is mental. It's between, you know, it's that six inches between the ears. I know. The less we think, the better. Yes. We are so caught up in... Uh, and that's part of what I noticed about storytelling, how... If you wake when you wake up in the morning and you pay attention, your your brain is on. It's oh, yeah. already telling stories. It's probably the same story it's been telling you for <laughs> fifty years, getting up every morning. But when you pay attention to it, there's information there, and you can change it. That alpha state in the morning, I think, is very powerful. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, you talk about storytelling. I, I think some of the best people that I talk to who, who do this naturally are photojournalists, I think because they just spend so much time photographing and thinking about it. I mean, they do it all day long. Most of us don't have that kind of time. You know, I always thought that, you know, reporting to like a photo editor or, you know, somebody else would help Im improve my work. Mm -hmm. And I think, how do you do that? And then I happened to see a workshop that you're good, that you're involved in called On Assignment. I think you're 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 working with Leica on this, right? Yeah, yeah. And it looks yeah. it looks to me like that's the ticket. I mean, you're working with with John Crawl, right? A, a photojournalist. Yeah, John's amazing. Yeah, and uh, it looks to be like a, a week long, and and you're actually. In another country, in Spain, why don't you just tell us about this? Because it's really interesting. <laughs> I, you can tell it a lot better than I can. So, well, let's see. So, once upon a time, um, so uh, John Crawl, who is he's been a photojournalist for I don't know forty years. Um, wonderful man, just the kindest, gentle giant, and well, lots of fun and great photographer um and we teamed up and Leica is sponsoring uh, this trip that we are doing which is um to Seville and it's May 26th to June 2nd and it's taking place it's a workshop photo workshop um and it's taking place during uh, a pilgrimage it's the most important pilgrimage in the south of Spain where pilgrims and we're, we're going to be covering pilgrims that leave from Seville and then they 
trek for uh, four or five days um, in covered wagons with horses, and they go to uh, this small village in the south of Spain called Rocio, where uh, there is a virgin that they all pay their respects to. So we're going to be following that, and we're also going to be in Seville. It's like every other day we're following the pilgrimage, and then on the um, the other days we're in Seville and we're exploring there. And so we're teaching storytelling um, by first of all, most people when you're when you're in a foreign place. It's easier to see, um, to get excited about things because it's all new. So there's that aspect that's going to get everybody turned on visually. And then there's this event that most people haven't seen before, which is exciting. So that kind of gets everybody's storytelling juices going. Um, but the trick is, is how do you tell your story? Not how do you, like you were saying, be too literal. Okay, well, I'm going to follow this pilgrimage and these people. But how do you tell an angle of it that is your own voice? So on the other days when we're not following the pilgrims, we're going to be in Seville going through different neighborhoods and there people are either going to figure out a story they want to tell or they're just going to be taking pictures that they have to make into a story somehow. And so it's it's kind of using the other part of your brain and it, it helps because uh, it's a little more challenging. So I think that will help them with the pilgrimage story because they'll start to get that yeah, we don't want you to be so literal. Um, and of course, we're going to enjoy the food and the <laughs> wine and the song and dance and all that Spain is known for. Um, so we're really excited. And it's really for anybody on any level because um, we're all storytellers and everybody has that in it has nothing to do with your skill level i mean yeah skill level telling a story there make like you said photojournalists out there i've uh, been doing it forever and boom they just they get right on it but um your skill level as a photographer um everyone can tell a story with the skills level they have uh of where they are at their photography you don't have to be um a Pulitzer Prize winning photojournalist to tell a great story. And it can be very simple. And sometimes we get, like you said, we get in our head. So we, John and I are going to, we going to meet with everyone beforehand, you know, look at their work and really talk to each participant individually mm. to find out where, because it's so important. You can't just teach to the whole class. I mean, I mean, you can and people do and that's fine, but Everyone has a different way of of expressing themselves and, and how to get to that is um, that's an engagement. That's a that's a relationship. So we are going to really focus on the one on one relationships as well as the group, which everyone learns from the group 
and everyone learns one-on-one. Um, so I wish you could come. <laughs> I wish I could too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know. Like... Maybe I will. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, love to have you. Um, and I used to live in Spain and I, people who know me, I'm kind of obsessed. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Spanish. I'm obsessed with the culture. Uh, so I just turn on when I'm there. That's right. You're fluent in Spanish, which is great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love it. Oh, and one yeah. other thing that um, this isn't about storytelling. It's just about teaming up with Leica. Mm-hmm. So anyone who signs on to the workshop gets to work with any Leica camera that they would like, whether or not, whether or not they've ever used that particular camera or a Leica in general. And Leica will ship it to your home address for free so you can play with it beforehand then you know if you need help john and i are there to help you i've been learning all the different cameras that leica has so that's a big perk that's a huge perk do you get your choice of lenses yep really yep better get some insurance before you go yeah yes well that's something that you know your camera should be insured no matter what yeah just have general travel insurance or yeah it's a week long and um we're giving lectures and and uh, lots of editing and um but really in the field taking people out and working with them and then showing them okay well what can we do after this workshop's over where do we go from here because um a lot of times people just come home and put it away and now what so the story continues yeah what a great opportunity what kind of transformation could somebody expect from spending a week with you guys well you know a lot of people expect that their photography is going to improve or that they're they're finally going to have a body of work that uh they're proud of and that they can show exhibit or what have you and that is a definite possibility but so much of it is psychology i was gonna say and and people you we push people out of your comfort zone um no ifs ands or buts and that is liberating and it it can you know, like that ripple, they say, you know, something, one little thing changes, it can change mm-hmm. everything. And people can have real psychological breakthroughs, like empowering kind of breakthroughs through the smallest of things. I mean, like I said, photographing something that you think is really ugly or or, or you know, people have their inhibitions about approaching people or things like that. Um, and whenever they break through any of that, it's it's powerful. So I think I'm hoping that everyone will have some kind of transformation and you put in, you get out what you put in and John and I are, we're putting in, we're giving it our all because we love to do it. Um, I love, love, love sharing what I've learned, especially when I'm passionate about it because it's like you want the whole world to share in that experience and feel what you feel. And they may or may not, but I'm sure as hell going <laughs> to offer it to anyone who, who's interested. Yeah, teaching is amazing in a lot of ways. 
for example, when you see somebody just get something, they have that aha moment mm-hmm. and you were part of that. Yep. That's to me, that's a real rush. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it feels great. Um, one of the students in my class in this high school class, uh, so these kids are, they're starting from scratch, uh, with the exception of one or two of them, they, they don't have any experience in photography. And at the end of the year, they are going to participate in a, a group show. So they have to work on a project and, uh, you know, we do the whole thing. We sequence it, we edit, they're editing every week. And one of the students last week, uh, we were looking at his work because everyone picks, they edit and they, you know, okay, choose your top five photos from last week and show me and let me show the class. And one kid said, oh, I only, I only have two photos and I don't even like them. And so we took a look. And then he accidentally hit a key where he showed the the other photos that he hadn't picked. And I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What's that, 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 that? Are you kidding? What? And they were amazing. And they went with the other two. And all of a sudden, you saw what he was trying to say, even though he had no clue. And he, I said, look at that. Do you see what you, do you see all that? You see how look at those graphics, look at the color, look what you're attracted to. And his eyes just lit up and he's like, Oh, (laughs) and because he was just looking at, I don't, the technical stuff, he was looking at everything separately. He just, and when he saw it, it was like, it, I mean, like a weight just lifted off of him. And, uh, it's really exciting to watch somebody, um, get it. And you were the catalyst. It's like you said, just one little thing can change yep. everything. The, the tipping point. Yep. Yep. And with kids also, it's they don't have all the muck that adults have. <laughs> so, um, you know, with adults, sometimes there's other layers that have to be cleared. But it's just as accessible. It's in there. And uh, it may be even more exciting when the adult gets it because uh, it's been a longer journey sometimes. You know, all the experience we have and all the layers of stuff that kind of gets built over that creative engine of the heart, you know? All those beliefs that that we gather or create Mm -hmm. that probably aren't true, but yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Part teacher, part psychologist. I think, yeah, I think being a teacher is being, a, I think we all, in order to relate to people, uh, psychology is just an important part of being uh, in the world and engaging, I think. Um, and a little empathy doesn't hurt either. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and realizing that, you know, remembering that you were once there and are still there. I mean, I go through it all the time, the frustration and the, um, the, um, I was watching one of my favorite, uh, shows. It's, it's a Spanish series (laughs) and, uh, it's, there's a designer 
and he's a famous designer in Spain and uh, somebody who's just starting their career as a fashion designer said, um, oh, I wish I were like you. You're so great. You don't have to worry about all this stuff that I'm going through. And he said, are you kidding me? I'm bone dry. I have no ideas left. You're young and you've got all of it ahead of you and I'm done and I'm just so frustrated and I'm blocked up and I can't admit it because then I'm a failure. And and um, you know, then he found his way back. He found his muse, uh, which took him back to his childhood. And, you know, he, he just got back to feeling like a kid again and he found his way. But it happens to it never ends. You never yeah. get there. Yeah, you know, life is hard, and the only way through it is to realize and know that it's hard, and then it becomes less hard. Yes. Because you're prepared for it. Yes. Oh, man, we're getting philosophical here. I thought we were talking about photography. <laughs> <laughs> it's all related. It is all related. So, Lauren, you know, um, wh where can people learn more about this workshop? Or would it, would it just be better if we put a link to it in the article? You can put a link to it in the article. Um, it's Leica Academy USA. You can go to my website, laurenwells.com, W-E-L-L-E-S. So, um, so, yeah. Okay, good. That's good and simple. Can't wait to see your results from that. All yeah, the, me neither. And all the stories that we'll have photographically and otherwise. Man, it sounds like fun. Well, thanks, Lauren. I appreciate you taking the time. As always, it's great to talk to you. It's always nice to talk to you. Thank you, Bob. I love coming on here to talk. It always always goes to surprising. Uh, we go on surprising little walks. <laughs>